We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Steven, and I am your host, as always. And joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? I see you rocking a new uh, Charger shirt. How you doing tonight? Yeah, I noted um, how many people were extremely angry at the Chargers post earlier today, so I decided to join in on the fun for this one. I have no idea when I got this. I think it was something that was <laughs> relatively inexpensive in a series of other purchases. I have so many Chargers-related things kind of ridiculous now so yep got this one on a uh, new shirt and a new job i won't say where because <laughs> the internet is um full of some psychos i know they've even sent you some mail at your own school so um yeah that's all for me how are you <laughs> yes congratulations some big news uh for tyler happy for him um and the the gig with the chargers actually helped facilitate that new gig so uh did Sometimes you never know, you know, what goes on a resume can, can help make you stand out. And uh, this is a big thing for him. So congratulations. Happy for you. Uh, I know you're going to crush it at that school. Thank you. Yeah, should be awesome. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Won't say where, won't say what, but, you know, my mom in the chat knows and Steven knows. So there we go. It's <laughs> all that matters, right? There we go. There we go. Um, I will say, thankfully, the, the mail that I received at my school was a positive letter. um but yes please uh do not send us mail to our places of work um also some big news in the gack family arjun i will not spoil it 
Um, but Tyler and I do know what Arjun's news is, and I cannot wait to uh, see the reaction when he does announce it. So um, big things coming for Arjun as well. Super proud of him. It's uh, It's been a quite a few months for the GAC squad, and uh, really happy for him and for Tyler. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and again, I won't, I won't say Arjun's thing either. Um, but hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, he's going to crush it there as well. Um, all right, so we are here today to talk about some of the latest around Chargers OTAs. Um, got to talk some uh, Quentin Johnston. Got to talk some Kellen Moore, some Rashawn Slater, uh, and some other bits of news and pieces as well. Um, before we get started on like the actual show, there's been some uh, speculation around Mike Williams and his health and his back. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to clarify on the show, Mike Williams is healthy. You know, if you read um, Daniel Popper's reports at OTAs of who is attending, he always has in his attendance log, if you will, the non-injured players who are not attending. And that is where Mike Williams is has been in that in those articles. So he is healthy. If you follow him on Instagram, you've seen him posting several workout clips over the last few weeks. He was at the first phase of off-season workouts for the Chargers, running sprints, running routes, looking like his usual self. Uh, so had to clarify on the show that Mike Williams is healthy, and I have no idea where this like back surgery thing came from, but that has not happened, and I do not expect it to happen anytime soon. Yeah, there was – I missed the whole thing. I somehow missed a couple of days, um, and I came back, and Mike Williams had back surgery or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? When, like, what happened now? You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility when, like, Kenneth Murray has random surgery when things don't work out, or JC Jackson is a bone. Yeah. So it's not like it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, but hadn't heard anything. And he seems to be fine. He's in all the photos and some videos, and he was doing squats the other day. So I, I think he's fine. So I know he's not front squatting as much as Rashawn Slater, but, you know, <laughs> otherwise, I, th I think he looks good to me. I don't think anybody on the team, maybe outside of Austin <laughs> Eckler, is squatting as much as Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's possible that there was like some minor surgery like right after the season. But I mean, if if he had major back surgery, like we would know. Like there's no way that they keep that under wraps. And it's like, you know, I saw the the original tweet that sparked the whole thing, and it was like, oh, like Mike Williams has been in OTAs. Like he hurt his back in January. Like this is bad news. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like he's fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know <laughs> who decided to. I, I guess like maybe we didn't know about Zion's thing until Kellen Moore just casually dropped it. Yeah. But no one's going around trying to find out anything about a minor procedure for a guard. You know, Mike Williams is such a, a very public injury that happened to him. That was yeah. you know, a whole media storm. I just don't think that if there was another procedure that they'd be able to hide it. So I'm glad he's healthy. Yeah, and Zion, like, we all love Zion, but, like, he's a rookie. You mentioned he, he plays guard. Mike Williams is a very relevant, you know, wide receiver in fantasy football, and on social media, mm -hmm. on the Chargers. He makes $20 million a year. Like, there's just no way that a major back surgery would be hidden from a player or about a player like him. So, yeah, um, definitely had to talk about it. Because uh, people keep messaging me about it, mentioning me in you know every single tweet. Have you talked about Mike Williams yet? Like, is he healthy? And it's like, okay, well, let's just address this now. He's healthy. He's fine. 
Um, some minor other wide receiver news. Um, the Chargers did cut uh, Damon Lloyd yesterday. They signed Darius Shepard today. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of speculating what this might mean for certain players and everything. And this is frankly just a, a camp body, in my opinion, and some actual competition for Darius Davis uh, for the primary returner spots. Yeah, I, I see no reason to not bring somebody else in. I'm happy that they are. Don't know what happened with Lloyd, I guess. But, you know, maybe it's nothing. Maybe you just wanted some guy, wanted to bring him in, see what you got. And if he's contributing on special teams, or at least they want to give him some sort of run there, again, who am I to say no to one Ryan Ficken? So does he make the roster? No. You know, I don't know what his background is, what his stats are or anything. But if, you know, if five guys make the roster, it's five guys and it's not him. If six guys makes the roster, then it's Guyton and it's not him. So I, I just, no offense. You know, camp body, happy to have him on board. Hope he is awesome. Yeah, 100%. Um, so the Chargers do have one more roster spot available to them. Um, you know, if they didn't necessarily have to cut Damon Lloyd, but maybe they, mm-hmm. they wanted some flexibility uh, for the next couple of weeks. I don't know. Um, all right, let's get to some uh, OTA talk that uh, came out from this week of practice. Um, first and foremost, wanted to talk about just the Kellen Moore vibes right now, which are very, very positive. Um, and we've seen this before, right? Like mm-hmm. OTAs with the Lombardi stuff was very positive, maybe outside of like the Mike Williams is Michael Thomas for us comment that people didn't really like. <laughs> um, but, you know, I will say there's obviously a, a proven track record with Kellen Moore that has not existed with the Chargers previously. So, um, you know, there were some quotes and we can talk about a bunch of them, but the one that stood out to me is one that I did uh, tweet out, and that was from Keenan Allen um, when he said when he was asked about Kellen Moore and just like general vibes and stuff like that, right? And he said, "quote He's played before, so he knows what we like, what we don't like, how defenses play, rather than sticking to something that has been in the offense for a long time." End quote. Uh, I guess he also added, "He's willing to change it and make it more friendly to us." So that was the first thing that really stood out to me, and that's something that we have talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. is just the amount of flexibility that Kellen Moore is going to bring to the table as on the offensive coordinator, be able to adapt really to the strengths and weaknesses of this football team because every coach says that, but not every coach goes out and does that, right? Mm-hmm. And we we saw that for years with Gus Bradley where like every single summer it was like, <laughs> we're going to blitz more and we're going to adapt oh, more to geez. our defense. Like we're going to do this. And then it's like every single year, you know, they are the lowest team in blitz rate and they're the highest team in cover three rate. So we've seen this before. The difference is that Kellen Moore, there's an actual proven track, track record of him taking things and adapting to the offense, adapting to the coach, you know, the head coach in particular with obviously Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy so this quote to me stands out because we've seen it happen with the Cowboys, and I do expect this to be reality for the Chargers. Yeah, one of the things you pointed out a couple of weeks ago was how Kellen Moore wasn't just a good offensive coordinator when things were good. He was also a good offensive coordinator when guys were hurt. And being able to adapt and play with different running backs, different receivers, different quarterbacks, and still finish you know, overall as a top 10 offense every single year is outstanding. And I think... Well, two things. One, Keenan Allen's comment. I don't think he's dumb, and I don't think that he's <laughs> he, he's very he's a very musical guy, right? And I feel like he knows what he's saying with 100%. the quote that he gave. You know, he loves talking in front of the media. He's one of like the the best podium sessions oh, of the Chargers players easily. And I, I just think that his specific quote 
about literally saying the word stick and not sticking to that <laughs> no matter how long it's been in an offense or really in the league. I'm not saying it's a job, but I think I understand what he's saying there um, about the specific difference between these two guys. And yes, it is all talk until we see it on the field, but we've already seen them go, okay, and I'm assuming this is a lot more Kellen Moore inspired, but we're going to take Zion Johnson, put him on the left side because we believe we're going to do this things. And I think he even talked about, yeah, we'll have other things that we do, of course, but we're going to lean into our bread and butter and what makes us really, really strong. I don't blame them. You know, run left, run left, do whatever you can with that duo, that trio on the you know left tackle, left guard and center. Um, so those changes, the way that the receiving room is either more diverse or will just have more bodies in it. Like you can see that this offense, for better or worse, is going to be different with Kellen Moore. There's there's a vision that goes beyond just the talk. I feel like he, you know, whether by philosophy, whether by roster changes, um, the kinds of receivers that they have on the team, you can clear that there's already an implementation of this vision, and it's really promising. Yeah, and you know, Kellen Moore has said a couple of times in a couple of different things, like he doesn't want to take away the things that this Chargers offense like feels comfortable with and is capable of running. So like, like brace yourself. Like you will see stick run occasionally. Like they're not going to just <laughs> stop running it because yeah. uh, Joe Lombardi is gone because there is, there is some overlap, right? Like Mike McCarthy and Joe Lombardi share a coaching tree. Mm -hmm. And so there are going to be some Joe Lombardi things that we see, but he's pointing this out and Keenan Allen pointed this out too, out too, that Kellen is going to call the offense differently. <laughs> and so like you might see stick like maybe once or twice a game. You're not going to see it like 15, like right. with the previous regime, um, but you will see it. So like, don't freak out when you, when you see that play called uh, on film or, or in the game or whatever. But yeah, um, it's that, that difference that Kellen Moore is going to bring to the table. And Keenan Allen also pointed out that's probably where Quentin Johnson comes in too. You know, he mm -hmm. was like, Herbert has a cannon. Mike can go deep. Quentin can go deep. I think we go in deep is basically what he said. <laughs> um, and I think that's where you'll see the difference, uh, mostly with just a more aggressive downfield passing attack than the last two seasons. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And we just did our record prediction episode for the Chargers. Not quite a record prediction, but a game-by-game -game sort of breakdown. And, you know, I'm slowly climbing towards, I don't think I'll ever get to 12-5 and five for a record prediction, but we both finished at 11-6. and six, And I really think what we've been hearing out of OTAs about Kellen Moore, what we've seen about Quinton Johnson so far in shorts. I get it. It's all promising. You can't help but feel at least optimistic about, you know, their prospects moving forward. Did we find out if Kellen Moore is, is going to be an on the field play caller? Is he? Um, he's always been on the field. Uh, okay. So I would assume that continues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, maybe we see some of the other position coaches move up top to mm -hmm. the booth as opposed to, you know, how the Chargers used to do it with Joe Lombardi in the booth and everybody else kind of on the floor. So um, I would expect him to continue to do what is is comfortable for him. Yeah, that makes sense. Derek Ansley's definitely not going to the booth. I don't see him at all as a booth guy. He seems like no. right with the players on the sideline, yelling and cheering. He's fun, man. I love watching all the mic'd up stuff of him. Yeah, it's funny you, you bring that up. Uh, Joey right here in the comments, he says, this is off subject, but meaningful. How do you guys feel? Uh, our defense is going to do new DC. I love his confidence, energy, swagger he brings. It's it's definitely different, and the voice very different matters, right? Because you know Brandon Staley, I think certainly has an energetic personality, but it's just kind of you know it, it's different. And uh, Ronaldo Hill, I think, is a great positional coach, but the energy that Derek Ansley brings is just different. Like it's 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 truly 
high energy at all times. I mean, you saw him <laughs> talking shit to Quentin Johnston in that film, <laughs> uh, in that clip, and we can talk about that too. But, you know, just his his reaction to Derwin James' interception from last week. And, like, if you watch if you watch his recent press conference and then go back and watch a Ronaldo Hill press conference, the mm-hmm. difference is night and day in terms of just, like, the energy that he brings naturally, even in a press conference that stands out. Yeah, and look, we've even seen with our quarterback that you don't need to be a loud, rah, rah, fired up guy all the time to be a good 100%. leader. Herbert's a good leader, but and I guess we'll find out. And some of it just comes down to, you know, play calling, health and all that. But there were moments last year where the defense, I mean, wouldn't hold up their end of the bargain. Sometimes that was an entire game. But in many moments, it was just like you needed that one last thing. And I think we're going to see this year that maybe in maybe just just one game, Maybe it's the Chargers home game against the Chiefs. And then like, that's the only game we see it. But the defense just might find that resiliency a bit more because. I mean, again, not every leader has to be raw, raw and vocal, but like Ansley's the guy that you'd want to go get that last play for. In my opinion, you know, based on his, his personality, the way he carries himself, the way the players have spoken about it, how much they love him. It just feels like even if it's one game, one down, who knows? I think that his personality is going to make a, a bit of a difference this year. Yeah, and I I think Brandon Slay is going to continue to call plays on defense, but totally. I would not be surprised if like, you know, they get to the preseason and Derek cuz Ronaldo Hill would call plays during the preseason games. Hmm. And I assume that uh Derek Nanzi is going to be doing the same thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if like he's just more involved in like how the games are called because of him doing well in the preseason like it just has Mm. he just has a vibe of like a future head coach and he's talked about this he's been very vocal about it Mm -hmm. brandon staley called him like one of the hottest coaching candidates of last cycle Mm -hmm. most of it was you know college level but um you know if they kind of expanded his role more so than ronaldo hill had i would not be Mm -hmm. surprised this year yeah theoretically he takes a big step or excuse me the defense takes a big step forward because it's just of health and i think all things considered I really thought that Herbert would get Lombardi hired regardless of play calling. That clearly didn't happen. Yeah. But, you know, the, the defense has the potential with the players that they have. It's enticing. At minimum, I think he would get an interview if the Chargers do well. I hope they do well because if, you know, everything collapses and, and they don't do so hot, Derek Ansley goes and is, you know, maybe the DB coach again, wherever. You know, Staley might get a defensive coordinator job or something. So I, I hope yeah. he can. Cont- I hope he continues his ascension because, again, the way he carries himself and just the way the players talk about him, you know, on and off record, it's just very, very positive. They just they just love him so much, and I don't really hear that as much with a lot of different coaches, um, especially at the time when he was a DB coach uh, or the secondary coach. It, it was amazing to see how often. People were so excited to talk about him and praise him and all that. So, yeah, I I definitely think he's headed towards that trajectory. But, you know, his his reputation is kind of built into whether Staley can call the right plays and get this defense going. Yeah, that that's true. You know, we we can definitely look at, you know, the track record of player development under him as well. I mean, yeah, Jr. was not exactly considered like a home run prospect. And he comes in and right away and is an above average corner. Mm-hmm. You know, Alohi Gilman uh, has taken Oof. significant steps. That might be mm-hmm. his like biggest calling card. <laughs> yeah, because you know, Alohi has really come in and played some really solid football for them. Um, we saw a little bit 
up and down with Nasir Adderley, but there were some flashes, right? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he can help continue this ascension of this secondary, then I think you can look at him as a clear-cut defensive coordinator candidate, maybe head coaching candidate at college mm-hmm. at this time next year. Yeah, a lot of ascension for different players or career years or career resurgences. Man, I know Kyle Van Noy is officially not coming back, but like he had a legit, nah, not about resurgence because I don't know how many years he has left. But he really went out strong to finish out the season. And I think that part of that is not necessarily Ansley, but like a lot of guys on the defense had great years last year. And I think that could continue this year with, I don't know, maybe it's Kendricks this year. Maybe it's Gilman again taking a step forward. Austin Johnson, if he stays healthy, that's an easy career year for him, I think. So, yeah, I could see that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so next thing that I wanted to talk about here is um, I mean, we could we talked a little bit about Quentin Johnston, but mm-hmm. um that video of Derek Ansley was like, okay, like this this coaching staff loves Quentin Johnston. And mm-hmm. we've we've heard a lot of talk. You know, there again, there was a lot of talk about Zion Johnson. It's different offensive line, wide receiver. But I feel like Quentin just like constantly, like people are just like, hey, like this guy is is mm-hmm. moving around here different. Um, Keenan Allen did point out that there has been some, you know, playbook struggles, which is totally understandable. Um, mm-hmm. Quentin acknowledged that himself on our yes. show, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit different going from TCU where you probably have like three or four plays, <laughs> uh, to this kind of offense where yeah. Kellen Moore has trees all over the place in terms of his roots. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's a little different in terms of that regard, but you know, his athleticism is just continues to, to jump off the screen. Chargers doing a very good job of highlighting that, you know, with the one-handed catch yesterday. Um, but it's it's been fun, man. And I it's I think it's also important to point out that all of the videos so far have been, you know, very nice hands catches away from mm-hmm. the body, one-handers, contested catches. So um everything is is very positive right now on the Quentin Johnson front. It really is. We'll see when we get to training camp, of course, because then you have more eyes and I think either no agendas or many agendas, but regardless, you're going to have people to say that 
oh, he dropped this or he got locked up by this guy or whatever. So maybe things change, but right now you can't help just but feel good. And I kind of made a joke about it when he like first got on the field and he was catching the ball with his hands. And we're all just kind of like, haha, look, he's, he's doing it. Yay. You know, the thing. But then it's like, then the next day, then the next day, then the next day. And people are really raving about him. And he looks, I love when he catches the football from Herbert and he smiles. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't know what it is. Like, maybe, well, maybe it's just going from Herbert, from Duggan to Herbert, but like, it just looks really good so far. I know there's no pads, no DBs. You know, it's not fourth and four, and he needs to win a slant route. And by golly, hope he catches it. But it all looks so good so far. And it is kind of scary to think that if they fix the drops issues, and again, we won't really know. And part of it's just contested, right? And playing tight with the DB. But like, if they fix the drop issues, I didn't really have many other strong complaints. Yeah. Um, not, not that I think he's Jamar Chase or anything, but that was the one that significantly knocked him, you know, down the rankings. So I don't know, man. I don't know what we're in for. I don't know how many touches he's going to get, but I am feeling the hype for this one. And again, we, we've talked about it, so I want to be consistent. He's not going to be offensive rookie of the year unless somebody gets hurt. We don't hope we hope that doesn't happen. But like, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm feeling the maximum for what his potential is in a wide receiver three role that isn't more than, I guess, 75 targets this year. But I just feel like that max could be hit this year because... Yes, the playbook is different, but I feel like his skill set is like what he can do early on. Same with like a Jonathan Mingo that we kind of suggested. Like he can do those three things that he did at TCU right now. And that's a strong compliment to the offense and what they can do. So, yeah. Yeah. Even though the playbook, I think he talked about, you know, with you, like went from like, you know, this to like this. <laughs> yeah. But, um, which is good to hear, I guess, right? It's not just one page that says stick. So, how. You know, <laughs> And Philly special, so I'm happy they're doing. It's a big playbook, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool to see how how strong of a start he's had so far. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things too, like it's it's like the physicality is definitely standing out. But Daniel Popper pointed this out that he had a really quality route uh, in a red zone package against Asante Samuel Jr., uh, where Johnson lined up outside and Asante was across from him in man coverage. And Daniel Popper wrote that at the snap, Johnson faked an out route before cutting inside on the slant. And Samuel was completely fooled. And, and <laughs> Johnson converted it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was a good throw by Easton Stick, apparently. And Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> Stick had a big day this week, apparently. So shout yeah. out to Easton Stick. All right. um, but like, I think he has been underrated as a route runner. Like you mentioned, the drops were kind of the big concern. For me, it was just like the contested catch rate as well was a concern. Mm-hmm. But if those two things are solved, man, like Quentin was pretty, uh, pretty no brainer wide receiver one in this class. Yeah, JSN is kind of my asterisk there. But then again, that comes down to like maybe health too. But sure. Yeah, no, if he had a, you know, a low drop rate and a high contested catch rate, yeah, the, the 6 2 guy, you know, who's very healthy and very productive. Yeah, he would. But again, that's. A lot of ifs, a lot of buts. We got to see on the field. Yeah. So, um, lots of excitement brewing. I, I think Quentin is going to put on a show at training camp, and fans are going. Oh, she's fans are going to yeah. love it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, to see what that looks like. Um. Okay. So the other thing that uh want definitely wanted to mention here is the Rashawn Slater aspect of things. 
um, clarifying yesterday, or I guess that was Tuesday, um, that Rashawn is 100% healthy. Bicep is basically no issue at this point. Um, he was talking about it that um, they had planned for him to basically play um, potentially against the Jaguars and definitely the round after that. And so basically he's he's had like a normal offseason. Like he's done some treatment at the opening uh, onslaught of the offseason, but he's he's ready to rock. He's had a normal offseason. He's worked with Duke Mannyweather, uh, as he always does, with Trey Pipkins as well as Foster Sorrell. Um, but obviously great news to hear that Rashawn is, is 100% ready to uh, rock for training camp already. It's so easy to forget how good he is. And yeah, we didn't see him you know, for, for most of the season, but uh, I mean, arguably, I, I guess, you know, spot for spot at a specific position, he's technically the best player on the team because he's probably third, maybe as a tackle, as a left tackle, Herbert, you know, floats in like that top three too. But I mean, the, the notion of getting back somebody like you watch the lions and Panay Sewell, or you watch the 49ers and Trent Williams, and it's, is just significantly different. They're on a different tier with what you can do, how they move. Again, all respect to Sawyer, but it's just very different. And you want a phone booth tackle? You Slater can do that. You want him in space? Slater can do that. Like, I'm. It's exciting just to see that he's going to come back. And thankfully, you know, for all the injuries to have for an offensive lineman, especially a guy with back issues, it was a bicep and it was awful. And I'm sure it hurt. And it sounds terrible. But it wasn't an ACL. It wasn't a knee issue. You know, it wasn't like a torn hammy or something. It was a bicep, which I feel like is, you know, better than most things. So um, I, I'm just excited to get him back. He's bearded. He's angry. And, he, <laughs> and he's next to Zion Johnson, who's the only other guy who I would consider, like, as athletic as him. Yeah. And these are two guys that can move and scoot. Um, you can see it in real life. Apparently, you can see it in Madden. Although I think he made him a little chunky. I feel like Madden had him like Madden a- did Zion so dirty last year. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> I feel bad sometimes. Well, if you're not like the receiver or quarterback, you're basically just some like I don't some, know. Some fatso on the street. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean different ethnicities and everything. But anyway, um, yeah, excited to have him back. I'm glad he's hundred percent. Wouldn't have expected anything different, but I'm just excited to see what they do with Zion and Slater. And they've talked about it. You know, we're going to do this. Um, I wish I had Arjun's stats in front of me, but I believe they were particularly strong. That up. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can bring it up if you have it then. Um, but I think it was counter and something else. And just the notion that you can you can pull off something like that with two of the most athletic and great, you know, players, young players at their positions is really enticing. Yeah. So um the 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 point I was going to make with the with the stats from Arjun is, mm-hmm. is just like the style that the Chargers are going to have, because that's something that Rashawn Slater talked about. Um, you know, he was asked about what Kellen Moore is going to bring to the rushing attack, and he just said simplification. And basically, uh, he was implying that you know you need a real identity to to like be able to run the football, and that was something that was really lacking with the Chargers last year. Um, you know, in particular after Rashawn Slater got injured and then like understandably so, right. There was kind of a feeling out period of time with them um, because you, you kind of have to figure out like, I mean, you go from an, a generational athlete at left tackle to Jamari Sawyer, like things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. And Jamari Sawyer played fantastic and really came in, in into his own. Right. But like 
is just a different level of athletic traits there that you can really play with. And so there was like one game that was like very gap heavy. Next game was a lot of like counter. Next game was lots of zone. Like there was just a lot of like, we don't have an identity. We're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks vibes to it last year. And once it got down to the end of the season, like I feel like they finally like started getting some some quality identity, but it took them, mm-hmm. you know, 14 weeks to figure it out. Um, so the the primary run concepts from Kellen Moore in Dallas last year, uh, they had 203 outside zone attempts. That was the most of, of any concept. Um, inside zone was second. And then, um, you know, their data qual- uh, classifies man. I assume that's gap uh principles for mm-hmm. for specific run plays or maybe power um but the success rate for outside zone was really really fantastic the amount of yards per rush was 4.38 success rate was 40 percent. so um this was one of the best outside zone teams the cowboys that is over the last couple of seasons that's that's really what it looked like with the chargers in 2021 with when frank smith was around it was mm-hmm. a lot of outside zone and it works, right? Because you have Rashawn Slater, you have Corey Lindsley, you have Trey Pipkins, all very high quality athletes. Now you have Zion Johnson in place of Matt Filer. So it makes sense that that's going to be what they major in, in outside zone, inside zone. And I think that plays to the strengths of of establishing a truly dominant left side. Yeah, going to be fun. I wish I, I should have bugged Arjun about tight end usage at that particular point. I just... That that's really the one to hold up for me with the entire run game that they're going to yeah. try to put together is like, I mean, in theory, Donald Parham's a really good blocker. I think he is. It just you, you get him for a quarter of your games, and then there's there's nothing else. Like yeah. Everett's not a blocker in line. McKitty has not been one, and that's all they got. So that's kind of my big question mark here. Like, if you lose Donald Parham, are you just changing what you do in, in the run game? Um, yeah. Because what are you supposed to do? You, you trot out one of those guys and, and play him at inline tight end, and that's it. Like you're not going to be able to run the football. That's that's probably too oversimplified, but it also didn't work last year. So, yeah, that was oh, man. That tight end stuff was a mess last year. So hopefully McKitty is back to his rookie form, and hopefully Parham stays healthy because they mm-hmm. they really do need him. Um, the other thing that Arjun shared with us is that um, you know they're. The, the Cowboys with counter were not super efficient, um, mm-hmm. but they were very, very explosive. They had an, uh, a high explosive pay, play rate um, using counter. They had 32 rushes um, with counter and basically had a 12% explosive play rate, which is fantastic. So I, I like he shared us the numbers, right? And just like success rate for counter was really low. And I was like, huh, that doesn't really feel right to me because mm-hmm. I remembered like some big plays off of it. So explosive plays but not super efficient is how the cowboys were with counter so gonna be interesting to see if that changes because you have a lot of like similar athletic profiles right you have like tyler smith mm-hmm. and rashawn slater you know tyron smith rashawn slater zion johnson you know elite athlete there obviously you have Corey lindsley you know zach martin over there in dallas so not to say that the chargers have tyron smith and zach martin because those are two hall of fame offensive linemen in my opinion <laughs> Um, but athletically, like you can do a lot of similar things with them. So I think Kellen is feeling pretty good about the opportunity to run the football this year. Do you know what, to- <clears throat> excuse me. Do you know what Tony Pollard's like athletic profile is? Does he comp to anybody that the Chargers have on the roster? Just curious if, you know, the explosive plays came from an older Ezekiel Elliott. Did it come from Tony Pollard being very fast? I have no idea. 
Um, I don't believe he was any kind of exceptional athlete, but that's the Chargers roster right now. Just curious if there's enough of a comparison, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to find one right now for you. Yeah, no problem. Um, Tony Pollard certainly seems athletic to me when I watch him. No, uh, I, I think so too. I just, I mean, like, not like a 9 9, you know, RAS sort of type. Maybe I'm wrong. Is the RAS size being yeah. very, very slow as yeah. it has been the last few weeks? Um, so his RAS score was a 7.19. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty decent uh all around. He ran a four five two, so 76 percentile speed. Um, 35 inch vertical was 66 percentile, broad jump was 10 feet, 78th percentile. Um yeah, so not an, an elite athlete by any means, but I think. He seems probably higher than that if you just watch him. Yeah, I could see that. Just good to know that they were able to manufacture a significant chunk of explosive plays with that kind of player who's significantly more athletic than I'll ever be um, and just through blocking schemes. So that's cool. Yep. Yep, 100%. Um, all right, Tyler, anything else you wanted to talk about with uh, Rashawn Slater or the run game or anything like that? No, man, I, I just want the pads on. I want to go to training camp. I want another half a million views, you know, video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want all those things. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing worth mentioning from OTAs, uh, the kicker competition is oh, yeah. is underway. Um, Dustin Hopkins and Cameron Dicker attempted five field goals each um, in practice on Tuesday. Uh, both of them went five for five. The kicking yardage was around 50, 45, 43, 33, and 27. Um, and like I said, all both of them went f- uh, five for five. So good to see the kicking battle taking shape. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out because, um, I mean, Dustin Hopkins was kicking at a very high level before he got injured. And you never really want to see a guy lose his job just because he got injured. Mm-hmm. But then Cameron Dicker came in and, and also kicked very well. Uh, the playoff miss still hurts. Understandable that he will not be 100% yeah. on every kick. But, um, I mean, this is by far the best I feel about the kicking battle that we've had in my lifetime. Like, I mean, we're not too far removed from, like, Michael Badgley and Tristan Viscaino. <laughs> so uh, Dustin Hopkins and Cameron Dicker should be fun. Yeah, before it was like you just get to pick which one of my nuts gets punched, and, <laughs> and like that was the kicking battle. And now it's now it's like it's nice, you know. Yeah. They they have two, I think. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen a lot from Cameron Dicker, obviously, but two solid kickers. And it's funny because nothing really separates either of them. We haven't seen either of them be great from fifty or beyond fifty, I should say. Yeah. I think I think. Um, Dicker had one at exactly 50. I think Hopkins either didn't attempt one or missed one. So, I mean, there isn't really a whole lot separating those guys. Hopkins isn't significantly more expensive than someone like Cameron Dicker. So, really just comes down to, I think, preference. I, I don't even know, unless things go really south, I don't even know if, if the results of camp are really going to even decide this. I think it's just, I don't know, whatever Ryan Ficken feels after watching them through really last season. I think will weigh more than you know what they do in training camp, unless it's a complete disaster. Um, so if one guy goes nine for ten in preseason games or whatever, you know one guy goes eight for nine. I, I just don't think it's going to do all that much. 
I, I still feel like they would go Hopkins, but and which is super unpopular. But I feel like that is the guy that they initially picked. Um, although they didn't bring Hopkins back up when Dicker was performing well. So maybe uh, too early for me to say that. But I mean, the last time we saw Hopkins, he, he went out swinging, literally went out swinging and won him a game winner, won, you know, special teams player of the week and then went on IR. And so I don't know. It's tough to say like that guy's going to lose the job, especially because you just know so much more about him. If Dicker were able to hit a couple of field goals last year at 55, 54. That I almost think that yeah. makes it a no-brainer, but yet you didn't yeah. see that. And the last time we saw him was that pretty significant miss. So I don't know. Right now, I feel like Hopkins has the edge, even though he didn't finish as the quarter as the kicker. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, with Hopkins, you obviously have the track record, and you know they certainly are not relevant down the stretch of 2021 without him. Right? Like they they brought him in after the Washington Football Team cut him, and he was fantastic for them. So he, um, he didn't hit. He didn't attempt any over field mm-hmm. any field goals over fifty yards last year. Um, he was nine for ten on the season. So you know the long for him was only forty three yards. Um, he's been okay from fifty plus in the past. Um, he was uh, one for two for the Chargers in twenty twenty one and one for two with the with the football team. So two for four. Uh, he was two for five in twenty twenty one and excuse me two for five in twenty twenty. Two for three in 2019, four for five in 2018. So for his career from 50 yards, he's uh, 17 for 30. So it, it's okay. He's not like anything special from 50 yards by any means, but he's he's fine. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I, so that's just why they go with him. I think that you can see the history there. But yeah, I don't know. I will say. Um, if they trade him in the summer, like later on in the summer, mm-hmm. um, they'd save $2.2 million this year and $4.75 million next year. Mm. So that could theoretically play some kind of role. I mean, saving $4.75 million next year, like that's going to matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think Hopkins is going to be on the team next year just because mm. like they're going to have to you know, penny crunch wherever they can. And, you know, cutting a kicker is, is probably an easy decision. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to get, you know, a conditional six round pick for him, I, I think you probably, probably do that deal. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Right. Because if you let Dicker go and then Hopkins is cut next year, now we're back to me getting, you know, punched in the nuts again. So <laughs> Hopefully yeah. I guess that makes sense then. All right. Never mind. Dicker's winning the job. <laughs> or they keep Hopkins next year, which is yeah. Have to yeah, I mean, right? Like he is, he'll be t- uh, thirty-four at the end of next season, so mm-hmm. he'll be he'll be uh, he'll be thirty-three at the end of this season. So, I mean, kickers can play for a long time. He's only played in the league for nine years, I and mean, he was drafted in two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. So, theoretically, like you could give him an extension or you could restructure him. Like there are ways that you can make that cap hit go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but if this is like neck and neck, I think it would depend on like a, obviously who Ryan Ficken wants and then Ryan Ficken, we trust hundred um, percent. But also like, are you, who would you get a better trade package for the younger guy? Who's maybe not as proven or the mm-hmm. guy who's been there, done that, been around the block, been a solid kicker and you can save, six million dollars by moving on from him 
alternatively, who wants to take that on? And why would why right. are you giving up this kicker that's right. clearly so good? So right, I don't know. So yeah, I, I some people were speculating like, oh, the Chargers could get like a third round pick for Cameron Dicker. It's like no, <laughs> you're talking about like a seventh round pick, maybe a conditional sixth round pick. No, you would get a third round pick for Cameron Dicker and Carrie Underwood, but you wouldn't get him uh, <laughs> a third round pick for just Cameron Dicker. If you're confused by that, uh, Cameron Dicker loves <laughs> Carrie Underwood yeah. for for what it's worth, and was at a, he was at a Carrie Underwood concert or something like that when he was getting signed by the Eagles, I think, or was that with the Chargers? I can't remember. Uh, I think he got the phone call. For the Chargers, I mean, has that the who's planning on going to the concert? Yeah, that's right. How funny! Yeah, I mean, long term wise, like you probably are hoping that Cameron Dicker wins this battle and then just kind of gives you some stability going forward, mm-hmm. um, and significantly cheaper. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, whatever Ryan Ficken decides, Ryan Ficken can choose whatever he wants. He could go, yep. he could cut both and go sign somebody else for all I care. <laughs> okay, that'll test me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but in Ficken We Trust. Yeah, in Ficken We Trust. That's the new model of the show, obviously. Great. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Uh, a quick show, obviously, today. But do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Any other final thoughts before we head out? Uh, nope. I'm going to see Into the Spider-Verse tonight. Or no, Across the Spider-Verse tonight. Uh, my nice. sister took me to the first one. Now I'm seeing this one. And apparently, it's really, really good. So I'll... I'm excited to go to the theaters and see like apparently a very good movie because I feel like it's been a while since I really loved a movie. Yeah, it it certainly has a lot of uh, retread movies this year. Um, there was a movie last year in the fall I I want to say that I really really liked. That might have been the Top Gun. Yeah, that was Top Gun. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I'm gonna go see that tomorrow, so I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, mm-hmm. Love the first one. The first one was so just unique, and mm-hmm. soundtrack was awesome. The action scenes, the fight coordination was super super cool. So excited to uh, see that tomorrow. Yep. Any plans for the rest of the week, Stephen? Other than that, um, no. Brooks' uh, best friend is getting married on Saturday, so that's what we're doing that day. Um, the poor couple. We've had like great weather in Fresno for like the last week. Weirdly. And then we have hot tomorrow, hot Saturday, <laughs> hot Sunday. And then like we're back under 80, under 90 degrees next week. So I'm like, that sucks. They get 97 on Saturday. And then <laughs> all the other days are like 86, 87. Wow, man, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm used to it. I mean, Utah gets hot, man. Like Utah gets like low really? hundreds too in the summer. It's just that you're in the mountains. So it like significantly cools off at night. Like, that's the thing that is tough mm. about the weather here is that it doesn't cool down very much at night when it, when it gets Oh, uh, no, no, no. I can't do that. I'm cool during the day because I can go outside or go to the yeah, pool. Yeah, you're, you're at work. Like, there's no real difference, right? Yeah, right. Sweating at night like that? Oh. We, um, we went to a Fresno State football game two years ago, and it was, like, middle of September, and it was, like, 7 o'clock. And I was like, literally just like sweating. It was drenched. Like it was so hot in that stadium because it just like it, the way that the stadium is constructed, but also just because it was still like 95 degrees after the sunset. Ooh. So interesting. Well, you got to get those uh, LSU helmets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would love some air conditioned helmets. That'd be really cool. 
Yeah. I just wear it on the show. That sounds great, honestly. Just have yeah. a little little AC going. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Love that. Great end to the show talking about yeah, weather sure. and air-conditioned helmets. <laughs> yeah, uh, on brand. Very on brand. So um, that's going to do it for us today, guys. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, if you missed it, please go check out our Tuesday episode, uh, which actually came out yesterday due to the Memorial Day holiday. Uh, so go check that out on the Chargers channel. Um, and then we will be uh, going live again this weekend at some point as well. So appreciate the late super chat from uh, <laughs> Tyler's mom, as always. And again, congrats, Tyler. Appreciate him. Congrats, Thank Arjun. You. Well, going to announce his news later next week. Can't wait to see that. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next time.